the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre recorded. Go see the sound of freedom. We talked about human trafficking for the entire show here on Monday with Joe Sweeney of the Acervo Project. And yesterday at 1 o'clock, I went to see the movie. It was a sellout. Um, And so was the 4.30 show at that theater. It's a movie about child trafficking, and it's based on a true story. Now, based on a true story can mean that whoever produced it can abuse his dramatic license. So I don't know how much was added for dramatic effect, but it really doesn't matter. The point is that, uh, and the point that the movie makes and should make to everybody and should be seen by everybody, is that child trafficking and child slavery is a gigantic problem in the United States and around the world. The movie was made almost five years ago, and it took that long to find somebody to distribute it. Who knows why? Well, in our second half hour, we're going to try to find out why from Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com. We'll talk to him about the movie. Meanwhile, Independence Day was a bad day for the Biden administration. A judge ruled that they can no longer communicate with big tech platforms and suggest stories to cover or not to cover or information to release or not release. He ordered an injunction that says that the government's actions, are you ready, quote, likely violate the free speech clause and that the court, quote, is not persuaded by defendants' arguments. Of course, liberal heads exploded everywhere, including on this panel at CNN. I don't know who it is, but it doesn't matter. It's CNN. Trump appointed judge, but this judge was confirmed 98 to 0 by the Senate. Just reading the words in this injunction, a, quote, massive effort by the defendants to suppress speech based on content. Those are the judge's words. Calling the present case, quote, arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history, Ellie. Yeah. It's a dramatic uh, decision by this judge. If you read through it, he's citing to literature and George Washington and Ben Franklin. Here's what really is astonishing to me. This is a conservative ideology that clearly comes through in this decision. It's a conservative political ideology, right? We saw some of the quotes questioning vaccines, questioning masks, conservative talking points. But the ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. And in the actual temporary injunction, the judge basically says, you're not allowed, administration, to talk to these social media companies about any protected free speech Except for cybersecurity threats, national security threats, criminal threats. But where's the line? Who's going to police this? Yeah, who is? Well, sounds like a good topic for our media ethics expert, Jeffrey McCall of DePaul University. We'll talk to him about that and other things when we come back. Stick around. This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Made at PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters now. You may have heard 
heard some talk about the ERC. That's the Employee Retention Credit. It's a federal program that provides small business up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds. One call to Careful Accounting at 800-315-8175 is all it takes to find out if you qualify for the Employee Retention Credit and possibly for quick funding with one of our accredited funding partners in as little as 72 hours. Call 800-315-8175 now. Are you a small business owner wondering if you qualify for the Employee Retention Credit? With Careful Accounting Associates, you can receive up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds through this federal program. Just one call to 800-315-8175 is all it takes to find out if you qualify for quick funding with one of our accredited funding partners in as little as 72 hours. Our process has been thoroughly vetted by a team of experienced tax attorneys and CPAs, and our refund specialists will work tirelessly to get you every penny your business deserves. Plus, with our exclusive audit assistance guarantee, your business is protected. Call Careful Accounting Associates now at 800-315-8175. See if you qualify for an ERC advance payment and get the cash your business needs to succeed. That's 800-315-8175. Your small business may qualify to receive up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds. Call 800-315-8175 now. Listeners continually make the My Slippers the number one selling MyPillow product, and I have a feeling you're going to want to stock up now when you hear this offer. This is John Stagerwald, and when you use my promo code STAG, you'll get the all-season slippers for $25, regularly $149.98. That's over $120 in savings, limited to 10 pairs at checkout. These will sell out, trust me. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design that you won't find in any other slipper. The patented layers make these slippers ultra-comfortable and extremely durable. They help relieve stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. They also come in a ton of additional sizes and all new colors. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to grab a pair of the all-season slippers for $25, regularly priced at $149.98. Limited 10 pairs at checkout. Enter promo code STAG or call 800 800- 716-8087 for this incredible offer. These won't last long, so please order now. This is an urgent announcement for anyone that's $10,000 or more in debt. Before you make another minimum payment, you need to know there are special programs that can completely free you of your debt. Total Financial Freedom can help you become debt-free in months instead of years. Resolve your credit card debt, signature loans, department store cards, internet loans, and timeshares. Call now at 800 530 36605 for a free consultation. For 16 years, Total Financial Freedom has helped thousands get out of debt. You can feel confident when calling because Total Financial Freedom is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and a Christian-owned company. Don't get stuck in the endless cycle of payments. You have the right to get your debt resolved and substantially reduce your monthly payments. Call Christian-owned Total Financial Freedom now at 800-533-6605. That's 800-533-6605. 800-533-6605. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, a U.S. US District Judge named Terry Dowdy said this in response to a suit filed by Louisiana and Missouri attorneys general who accused the federal government of encouraging uh, tech companies to suppress free speech during the pandemic. Here's a quote. The government's actions likely violate the free speech clause and the court is not persuaded by defendants' arguments, unquote. Now, conservatives have been saying this from the day uh, COVID arrived. Jeffrey McCall is a professor of communications at DePaul University, a media critic for The Hill, and our go-to guy on media and media ethics. He joins us now. Jeffrey, uh, thanks for coming on. You're welcome, John. Great to be with you. So what do you make of this? Well, I think this is a very astute judge, and I'm glad he's made this ruling. I think everybody should... uh, like temper their optimism a little bit here because this is a temporary injunction from the judge. So I'm sure that the government is still going to fight back here and try to get a friendly appeals court to overrule this kind of injunction. But th- this is a, a step in the right direction in terms of the First Amendment because it's very clear that the constitutional framers did not want the government restricting the flow of information 
for dictating to media outlets what content they had to carry or not carry. And that's exactly what the Biden administration had been trying to do, really, for a couple of years, is to try to influence or arm twist or whatever else to make sure their messages are out there in the public sphere and that they suppress messages of people who don't agree with them. And that is so contrary to every constitutional principle. And I salute this judge for having the guts to stand up because I'm sure he knew that he would get a big target on him, you know, from the leftist angry mobs, from CNN, from the New York Times, from the Biden administration. But I think his constitutional reading is right on target. And I hope that uh, we can get appropriate uh, support when this goes to the appeals court, uh, which is bound to have happen. Uh, and, uh, and I hope that the appeals court manages this in a sensible way, because if they turn their back on this you know, injunction, it's going to have to be appealed even higher. And that, that takes months or maybe even a couple of years to get this matter settled. So I think that this guy is making the right call. I think it makes perfectly good sense. We cannot have the government interfering with the flow of information or dictating what has to be said. Uh, clearly, the constitutional framers were opposed to what we would call forced communication. Uh, and that's what this is, where the government is trying to, to uh, elbow uh, social media sites to say certain things or not say other things. And when that happens, really, you've got state-controlled media, for one thing, but also basically you've got propaganda parading around as information, which, again, is very bad for a civil society. And what made this uh, different, and I think what made the uh, government feel pretty confident that it could get away with it, was there was danger involved. If you don't wear a mask, you're going to be killing people. If you don't get a vaccine, you're going to be killing people. So that uh, trumped, for lack of a better word, the um, the First Amendment. Because, hey, listen, the First Amendment's nice and everything, but we're talking about people dying here. We can't be having people disagreeing with us. Well, and, and you know, I think that was kind of a, a, a cheap ploy, so to speak. Because even at the time they were saying all that, the science was mixed. And the sad thing is, I mean, we keep having, you know, we, we reflect back now to Fauci going, oh, this is the science. Uh, and it was not the, the science. There were contrary voices, even at that time, disputing the value of masks, disputing the values of vaccinations, uh, disputing the value of ventilators for treating the disease and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't a slam dunk. And if you could say there was a 100% lock on the science, you could have almost made a case for like this trumps the First Amendment. But having said all that, the First Amendment's supposed to stand for itself. And, you know, we're not supposed to be imposing government restrictions on individual people without a, like I was going to say, a pretty darn good reason. But it has to be even better than a pretty darn good reason. It has, it has to be an absolute reason. And there was no such thing, even at the time of COVID's most confused controversies, uh, where that was really the case. And if the government has a stake in it, as it did in this situation, uh, isn't it incumbent upon the government to make its case to say that, listen, you may be hearing that, you know, vaccines uh, don't work or that masks uh, are useless, which they both ended up being. But uh, are <laughs> it, it, isn't it incumbent upon them to refute whatever information they think is is um, wrong, as opposed to not allowing it to get out there. Yeah, you're exactly right, John. And let's face it, the government has the biggest megaphone in the entire country. The president can hold a press conference. They've got all kinds of PR and media manipulators who can, you know, you know, get news out there. They hold press conferences. They can put out position statements. And let's face it, MSNBC and those outfits, they'll put any government official on, you know, who who has, you know, something to say. So it's not like these people didn't have avenues to get the word out there. The problem is they were trying to get the word out there. And there were a lot of independent thinking Americans who were making their own decision, thank heavens, who didn't buy it all necessarily. And so rather than to try to go into the rhetorical sphere to make logical arguments based on good reason, 
uh, they figured, okay, we can't make people go along by trying to talk to them and reason with them. So we'll try to buffalo them or force them to hear certain messages and we'll force the media organizations to do what, uh, you know, we tell them to do. And so this, this, I mean, you can tell I'm aggravated, but thank heavens this judge made this decision. And what was interesting here is, uh, I think it was Missouri and Louisiana, the two states brought this case to this judge. And my question is, why weren't states involved in Jeff, Jeff, excuse me, Jeff, excuse me, you're you're breaking up uh, all of a sudden. I know you're on a you're on a cell phone today because your 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 landline isn't working. But uh, that's right. Okay, try that again. Just uh, we missed about half of what you just said. Okay, Uh, yeah, I'll try again. But I guess my point was that the government has all kinds of ways to get its message out there. And reasonable Americans were questioning that was perfectly within their right to do. And so the government then was trying to buffalo people uh, to make them believe things uh, outside of the normal, you know, rhetorical sphere of rational thinking. And I think that's really underhanded. And I'm glad for this judge to have made the decision. And I wish that there had been more states involved in helping support uh, the, this legal case that was brought by the states of Missouri and Louisiana because all 50 states should be concerned about government dictating to the states what would be happening in the media. And he called it the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. This guy wasn't fooling around. He was upset, too. And uh, so, so did he find them guilty of exactly what conservative media have been accusing them of? Yeah, exactly right. Uh, and you could tell he was a little steamed, which I think is good. But, you know, the, the, and this is crazy, too. He makes this ruling, I think, on very solid constitutional principles. And the left-wing media, the establishment media, as I call them, the establishment media report this story, you know, uh, and, and all they can do is to say that this was a Trump-appointed judge. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, in a sense, that's irrelevant. Whether Trump appointed him or Obama or George Bush or anybody else, what's the point here? There is a constitutional principle and if his constitutional principle is in error, let's point that out. But it shouldn't make any difference who appointed it. Well, nothing uh, about this was on CNN.com today. Nothing about this, as far as I can see, on MSNBC.com. I don't know what they're doing with it on the air. My guess is the same. But uh, here's what they were saying yesterday. This is a clip from um, this is a clip from CNN that we played in the open. Trump appointed judge. But this judge was confirmed 98 to 0 by the Senate. Just reading the words in this injunction, a, quote, massive effort by the defendants to suppress speech based on content. Those are the judge's words. Calling the present case, quote, arguably involves the most massive attack against free speech in the United States history, Ellie. Yeah. It's a dramatic uh, decision by this judge. If you read through it, he's citing to literature and George Washington and Ben Franklin. Here's what really is astonishing to me. This is a conservative ideology that clearly comes through in this decision. It's a conservative political ideology, right? We saw some of the quotes questioning vaccines, questioning masks, conservative talking points. But the ruling itself is the opposite of judicial conservatism. This is one of the most aggressive, far-reaching rulings you'll ever see. What this judge is purporting to do is to micromanage, really, the day-to-day interactions between essentially the entire executive branch, all these agencies that are listed as defendants, and the leading social media companies. And in the actual temporary injunction, the judge basically says, you're not allowed, administration, to talk to these social media companies about any protected free speech except for cybersecurity threats, national security threats, criminal threats. But where's the line? Who's going to police this? Yeah, I don't know who these people are, but it's it's CNN. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter which pundit they would have brought on. It would have said the same thing. But... Am I missing something here that I, I wasn't aware of, that the First Amendment is conservative ideology? Well, that CNN guy is clearly nuts. I mean, I hate to say it like that. He's, uh, let me give but, you his name. He's, I just, it's Ellie Honig. He's a former U.S. attorney, New Jersey well, State. Has, yeah. yeah, And this, this has nothing to do with conservative ideology. This has to do with constitutional principle. 
And the guy just doesn't like the fact that the ruling went against his kind of advocacy notion that the government should be able to dictate the people. And he's clearly uninformed that when we get the government out of the business of dictating the people, that that is actually a constitutional principle that liberals used to actually want to have happen. I mean, this is a this is a really interesting thing. This free speech notion, the flow of information should be you know, allowed to circulate unfettered. That is a liberal doctrine. That goes back decades. But the fact that it went against kind of his political point of view then makes him want to say, oh, this is a conservative ideology. No, free speech is a liberal. And I'm thinking that I'm, I'm not talking about like left and right liberal. I'm talking about liberty. This is a libertarian kind of notion that free speech needs to needs to be allowed by people and information needs to flow freely and that's why you have civil liberties and that's why our constitutional framers gave us a first amendment so what kind of a reaction i don't mean we heard one reaction but i mean as far as their coverage um what kind of a reaction do you expect from the media well as you indicated the the media coverage on this has been relatively muted and my guess is the Media Research Center right now is going through all of the uh, transcripts and uh, broadcasts to try to determine how this has been covered. Uh, and I, I, you can make a case that it doesn't need full-throated coverage at the moment because it is a temporary injunction. But on the other hand, this is quite a signal that the government has been running astray of constitutional principles. And I think it's probably worth a lot more coverage than it's getting. And I hope that more coverage will come when this injunction is either made permanent or there's an appeal that uh, has to be ruled on by an appellate court. And we talk about this all the time here, Jeff, and we're talking to Jeffrey McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University, media critic for The Hill. Um, uh, he called it the, the most massive attack against free speech in United States history. That would seem like a pretty big story, no matter what your politics are. Yeah, that, it that, is. That, also, this is a judge, a, a, a federal judge calling it that. And he's, he's, he's right. When the government is trying to control the flow of information, it's, it's a mass, massive breach of public constant, uh, confidence, but it's also a massive breach of constitutional principle. So, I mean, my hat's off to this judge, uh, and you know, I, I need to go research more about his background, but uh, he's on the right path there. Uh, and I, I really wish that the people you know, from the establishment media would try to look at the decision from a, a from a constitutional standpoint, rather than from the standpoint of what they want to do to support a democratic presidential administration. Good luck with that. Uh, on another yeah, subject, right. before we go, um, I got about a minute and a half here. The suspected mass shooter in Philadelphia. He's a black man who identifies, dresses, identifies as a woman, uh, and is a BLM activist. CBS, NBC, and ABC somehow failed to mention that. Um, seems like violence from transgenders is becoming a trend. Maybe that should start to become part of the story when it keeps popping up. Did it become well, something you should report? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's worth noting, you know, what is the trend? Is this going anywhere? You know, let's let's report some facts here. Um, you know, now that the transgender issues are more front and center in our society, I think we need to do a kind of a full sense of like what it all means for us. And, you know, uh, Looking at thinking about this topic before our discussion today, I went to the Associated Press today to look to see how they had described this individual. And the Associated Press wrote, and this is the only way they described the person, a man armed with a rifle and a pistol killed five people in Philadelphia. Yep. And then they, they did not go any further to describe or discuss who this man was or what the nature of that person's gender identity was. And then they talked about the victims and that the guy had a... Uh, you know, uh, a vest and stuff like that. But they really didn't go into, like, the background of this person. And here's what's always worth noting. If that guy were wearing a shirt that said United States Marines on it, or he were wearing a hat that said MAGA, that would have been the first line of the story coverage uh, on every establishment media outlet. Wouldn't even have needed that. All it had to do would be a white man, and it would have changed everything. Yep. Hey, uh, Jeff, I'm out of time. As usual, hope you enjoyed your time off, and I enjoyed you coming back, and we'll talk soon. I hope so. Thank you very much. All right, that's Jeff McCall, professor of communications at DePaul University.
With SRN News, I'm John Scott. A white powder discovered in a lobby area of the White House's West Wing that prompted a brief evacuation Sunday has tested positive for cocaine. That's according to anonymous sources. A judge is blocking the Biden administration from working with social media companies about protected speech. A Louisiana judge granted the injunction in response to a 2022 lawsuit, citing what he called substantial evidence of a far-reaching censorship campaign. The suit alleged that the government overstepped in its efforts to convince social media companies to address postings involving the COVID-19 vaccine or elections. A White House official says the administration promoted responsible actions. One of the attorneys general who filed the lawsuit said the ruling was a huge win for the First Amendment and a blow to censorship. Greg Clugston, Washington. This is SRN News. This July 4th, from Angel Studios, the force behind his only son and the chosen, comes an extraordinary true story of courage and redemption. Starring Jim Caviezel, the actor renowned for his unforgettable portrayal of Jesus and the Passion, and Academy Award winner Mira Sorvino. Inspired by remarkable acts of bravery, Sound of Freedom unveils the breathtaking true events of a dangerous mission to save young innocent lives. Sound of Freedom. Made at PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. Go to angel.com slash freedom for tickets. Only in theaters now. You may have heard some talk about the ERC. That's the Employee Retention Credit. It's a federal program that provides small business up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds. One call to Careful Accounting at 800-315-8175 is all it takes to find out if you qualify for the Employee Retention Credit and possibly for quick funding with one of our accredited funding partners in as little as 72 hours. Call 800-315-8175 now. Brandon Tatum has lost trust. I do not have confidence that this particular indictment, none of them, to be honest, are dunning the faith. I don't have the confidence that they are not attempting to use political leverage to attack an opponent. The Officer Tatum Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. This is Dennis Prager. Now you can listen to my show when it's convenient for you and without censorship from Big Tech. Become a member of the ultimate online community for all things Prager. It's PragerTopia Unlimited. Listen to every radio show over the last 10 years, all commercial free. You can even listen to all my Torah teachings for free. Join today and save 25% off the first year and get a free PragerTopia coffee mug. Go to PragerTopia.com or click the banner at DennisPrager.com. You may have heard some talk about the ERC. That's the Employee Retention Credit. It's a federal program that provides small business owners like you up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in payroll tax refunds to your business. What's not to like about that? Just one call to Careful Accounting Associates at 800-315-8175 is all it takes to find out if you qualify for quick funding with one of our accredited funding partners in as little as 72 hours. Our process has been thoroughly vetted by a team of experienced tax attorneys and CPAs, and our refund specialists will work tirelessly to get you every penny your business deserves. Plus, with our exclusive audit assistance guarantee, your business is protected. Call Careful Accounting Associates now at 800-315-8175. See if you qualify for an ERC advance payment and get the cash your business needs to succeed. That's 800-315-8175. Your small business may qualify to receive up to $26,000 per W-2 employee in employee payroll tax refunds. Call 800-315-8175 now. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart or Odyssey. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Clear to partly cloudy skies expected for tonight. It'll be humid with a low of 65. Partly sunny tomorrow. Very warm and humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm in the afternoon. The high 88. Considerable clouds tomorrow night. Remaining humid with a low of 67. A thunderstorm in spots Friday morning. Otherwise cloudy, humid. The high 81. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, as I mentioned in the open, I went to see The Sound of Freedom yesterday afternoon. Theater was sold out for that showing and also the uh, other afternoon showing at that theater. It's making lots of money around the country, and it's a movie everybody should see. It's about child trafficking and slavery. We talked about it a lot here on Monday. Uh, And uh, Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com 
says it could change everything. He joins us now. Christian, thanks for coming on again. Sure, my pleasure. So uh, why do you think this could be a game-changer? Well, I mean, it's, it's certainly counter-programming to everything that's in theaters right now, for sure. This is the summer movie season. You've got big, loud, noisy, special effects-driven stories, and here's this one that's earnest and based on reality, and it's very harrowing, but it's also entertaining as well. And you know, if this movie can find its own little niche in the mainstream uh, marketplace, then maybe others will follow. But you know, it's Angel Studios, and they're very, they're very cautious about the movies they choose. They're very tenacious in their marketing, and they really do have a sense of what the audience is ready for. And I think we're seeing that play out in real time with this movie, which is doing quite well so far. Yeah, I want to get into that about how well it's doing. But uh, you, you are a critic, and you you know you are, you critique movies for a living. Um, just taking the the topic out of it, and just what how good was the movie as a movie? You know, just acting, production yeah. values, that kind of stuff. It's very solid. It looks good. It looks like a, a, a an adventure style movie. The acting is top notch across the board. Jim Caviezel is a very very accomplished performer, so no surprises there. I, to me, the best character in a way was Bill Camp, and if you don't know the name, I didn't either. But he is a character actor. He plays a fellow who is on the right side of things at this point in his life, but he wasn't always that way. And he talks about his transition and he tries to help the good guys here, but he's this kind of rascally figure. He doesn't look like a hero, but I just found him so interesting. And I think that's one of the reasons why the movie's good because it, it isn't just a black and white story. There are shades of gray. There are these, these characters who have a little bit rough around the edges. And I think that makes it more realistic, more interesting. And it, le- it allows you to buy into the story. His cigar might get a nomination for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> the hardest working cigar in showbiz, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, just those little details yeah. really do make the movie pop. It was amazing how much he worked that cigar into that. And just he was, <laughs> he basically spent the entire movie covered in cigar smoke, but for great effect, I thought. It was very, really good. Well done. Um, so you, you said the, 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 the movie's doing well. I, I, I've seen some figures out there about uh, how much it made over the weekend. Um, and as I said, leading into you here, the theater where I saw it yesterday was sold out. And it wasn't the biggest theater in the complex, but it was a, uh, not a small one. It was sold out, and I checked, and there were maybe five or six seats left for the 4.30 showing. I went at 1 o'clock. There were like five or six seats left for that, so that one would have been sold out too. Um, is this happening all over the country with it? You know, I suspect it, it is uh, because it isn't playing in as many theaters because it isn't playing in as big a theater, generally speaking, as opposed to some of the big blockbusters. Also, I've been this is anecdotal, of course, but I've been writing about this movie for a few days now. And, and those stories are really going strong on my site, but also the comments. People really like it. They're impacted by it. They're moved by it. And I think that word of mouth will help keep this going for a couple of weeks. And that's important as well, because there's always new films coming out. And maybe people may think of it as a dramatic movie that they should watch, that it's informative, that's important. But if it doesn't have that passion behind it, then it's not going to really sell a lot of tickets. So it's got, it's got a lot of things going for it right now. And also, we've seen a lot of disappointing movies like the Indiana Jones film and The Flash. They just haven't been as good, as fun as, as advertised. So along comes this film, which has some gravitas to it. And I think that, combined with the fact that it's engaging and entertaining, it's, it's hitting a lot of buttons. I walked out, just for the record, uh, of Indiana Jones. I made it through about 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> and I, 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 I think that uh, – I'd like to get your take on this just as an aside here, but – I think Harrison Ford should be uh, nominated for the uh, be- most overacting by a star in a movie, and also he should get the Grimacing Award. I've never seen anybody <laughs> grimace so much in a movie. I just thought it was absolutely terrible. And, I, and, and it's funny because there were about ten people in the theater for that, and then when I go to see uh, Sound of Freedom, it's full. Yeah, the Indian Jones, I, I liked it more than you. I, you know, part of what we're seeing now, and when they bring back these iconic characters, we've watched them for years. We love them, and often they're older. And there's nothing wrong with being older. And you could, you could age gracefully, and you could still be of of worth and value. You know, into your seventies and eighties, and it's wonderful to see that on the screen. But with the Indian Jones movie, it's like he's depressed. 
and he's drinking and he's yelling at his neighbors and he's about to retire and no one in his school cares about him anymore. It just felt depressing. And it, it, it does get better from there. And Indy does have some adventures for sure. But, you know, wouldn't it be better if we meet up with our hero and he still has that, that pluck, that fire within yeah. him, and then he goes off on this great adventure? Now, you know, you do see some of that, but it just seems like an odd way to set things in motion for sure. But it's not atypical. We saw that with the Luke Skywalker when they brought him back. He was older and burned out and, and, and a recluse. And, you know, where was the Luke Skywalker, that young, youthful guy who yeah. was – you know, full of excitement and, and optimism and who saved the universe and all those great, wonderful things. Do we really want to see our heroes constantly reduced in this way? It's a very weird strategy, but we've seen it more than a few times. Well, he, he lost me when he showed up with his whip. Um, <laughs> he was 80 years old, and he's snapping his whip around, and I said, ah, okay, I'm done. That's, you know, he's not, <laughs> that's his, that's not going to work. I will disagree with you there. I, I was really worried. At least he was about at 78 when he shot the movie. Yeah. It took a while to get to the big screen. But I thought I, I thought he handled it fairly well. He wasn't pretending he was 20-something. He wasn't doing action scenes that were absurd for an older gentleman. But I also think that Harrison Ford is just a movie star. He knows how to bring it. And I, I just wish the movie was better. I wish his character arc was better. But I didn't. I was ready to cringe a little bit at that. And you sounds like you did, but I, I didn't. I, I was okay with it. Okay, let's back to the um, back to the sound of freedom, uh, and you mentioned about the money, um, and something else for people who haven't seen it yet. It's uh, really amazing. First of all, it's one of those movies where people are likely to stick around for the credits because it's um, it's advertised as based on a true story. So many of those movies, at the end, you will see some. Um, some some attention paid to the actual real people who are depicted in the movie, the real scenes, and, you know, they'll sum it up for you, what happened, and, you know, what happened to this guy or that guy. And they do that in this movie, and I'm one of those people who, when the credits start to roll, I'm up and out of the seat, and I'm, especially if it's crowded, and I'm heading for the exit, but I, I always stay to see, um, you know, if, if there's a, I don't want to miss something on the credits that I, that I you know, they should have stayed to see. But in this case, I was halfway down the aisle and in the corner of the screen. This is very interesting. I've never seen it before. In the bottom right-hand corner of the screen, it says, important message in two minutes, and then it starts to count down. <laughs> and it was amazing because everybody, 99% of the people who were there, stayed in their seats and, and watched through the just the credits rolling, no other scenes, just credits, and they watched that clock tick down, and then they heard Jim Caviezel's um, message. What did you think of the, of the way they did that? It's very smart. Listen, you know, there are movies that entertain us. There are movies that send a message. This one, I think, does both. But this is a message I don't think we're completely aware of. I don't think people think from day to day that there are so many children who are trafficked, who are living as sex slaves. It is the most disgusting thing you could possibly imagine. And it's so off-putting. I think the film does a good job of showing it, but also stopping before you see something that's truly revolting. But it's it, it lets you know what's happening. And then to see the actor in the film speak to us directly and address the issue. And, you know, listen, I cover pop culture. It's it's not rocket science. Uh, you know, there are far, far more important things in our lives, politics and, 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 you know, volunteer work and things. But sometimes pop culture makes a difference, sometimes for good, sometimes for, for, for bad. But this is a movie, if the word spreads, if enough people see it, maybe we can start to take some action and maybe we can, you know, uh, steer some resources toward fixing this problem. It'll never go away. Humanity is, is broken and crooked. You know, we know that. But if we could help some more kids, if we can stop some of these networking systems, wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't that be a great offshoot of a movie? And, you know, I, I don't know if it'll happen, but I, I think we're off to a good start. Well, it's interesting because Jim Caviezel, the actor, He's uh he's seen there on the uh, as as an insert on the screen, and early on in his message he says, "We made this movie almost five years ago. We shot this movie, and I, I I've seen so many garbage movies, either ones that I've actually seen in the theater, and things that I've you know become aware of other ways, uh, either by seeing trailers on TV or whatever. The garbage movies that get made." And this, what, what is it, uh, Christian, that takes a movie like this five years to get made? Is it only the politics? And what are the you politics? Know, I don't even know what they would be. 
Yeah, I don't know either. It's it's a complicated story because I think there was I think Disney basically bought out 20th Century Fox and the movie got a bit lost in the shuffle after that transaction happened. And, you know, I think it's not uncommon where a studio, a, a new company comes in and whatever was left over is regarded in a different way. Oh, that was the old regime. We don't care about that. We've got new blood. We want to tell different stories. And I suspect that's part of it. Also, you know, on the surface, this does not look like a, oh my gosh, this is a blockbuster movie. No, it's a harrowing story. It might be hard to market. It might be hard to get people's attention. But Angel Studios is really good at that. They know their audience. They know what they're selling. And they can reach out to people in a way that I think that a traditional marketer can't. So maybe it was fortuitous that it all ended up this way. But you're right. It's a good movie. It's well done. It's well acted. It's interesting. It's different. How could this sit on the shelf? But, you know, that's Hollywood. These Sometimes things don't make sense. And I, I don't want to say it's political. It's hard to say. I don't necessarily see hardcore proof of that. But it is also interesting that it seems to be a right-of-center, faith-friendly groundswell around it. When you think about the movie, it's about kids in trouble, and everyone wants to help kids in trouble. I just don't understand. I guess I'm, I'm I mean, I do this show every day. I'm trying to figure out what the political angle would be uh, uh, on this and what would make liberals not want to have this movie be successful. The only thing is that there is a, and it, it's barely mentioned the faith aspect of it. It's not like it's, you know, it beats you over the head for, for two hours. Um, and, it, and there are plenty of movies that, that are put out uh, by major studios and promoted and loved by liberals that have some reference to some person's faith. I, I just, it just, it's stunning to me. That's something, yeah. something that when you see the movie, the way it grabs you, and, when, and as you mentioned, you, people don't understand the, the, uh, the, the size of the problem. They don't understand the horror that's involved. And this movie shows it, and you'd think that this would be a gigantic blockbuster movie. That's what it should be. Yeah, it'd be interesting if it got released during the award season, which is October through December, because now is not the time of the year where award bait movies come out. But, you know, if it has legs, if it does have staying power, and if it does make enough money, it will attract attention and maybe get some people thinking along those lines. We shall see. But, yeah, it, it's, it's a really curious film. And I, I also think there are moments in the film where they spit out information at you. And I think they do it very organically. It's part of the story. It's part of the dialogue. It's part of the conversation. It's not stopping to lecture us and have a PowerPoint presentation. I think it's one of the other things that the film does so well that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sort of hit you over the head. And also, it's not a rah, rah James Bond movie. The guy who's the hero is a regular dude, and he's not, you know, firing off a dozen rounds and, you know, killing yeah. three people with his bare hands. It, it really does keep the story grounded and realistic. I think that's a very powerful element. Now, um, there are other movies that have uh, been out here recently that have done well despite having themes that you wouldn't think would do very well. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the what's the name of the movie with Chelsea Grammer, uh, Jesus Revolution. Uh, yeah, that, yeah did, that was a few months ago. Yeah, that did well. It was a good movie. Um, are, is the liberal, are liberals so loyal to their worldview that they just can't bring themselves to make millions of dollars on themes that might make millions of dollars if they would give it a shot? You know, I, I come back to this often. I just think that it's a, a, a blinkered society, a, a industry where they don't hear so many outside views. And I think they should. They should open their hearts and their minds to people who are not like them, you know, politically or spiritually or anyway, and just say, gosh, there's, there's a whole other demographic out there that we're not really, uh, you know, reaching out to. We're not addressing. We're not making movies and stories for them. And when along comes the Jesus Revolution and it does quite well, well, th I mean, that should open up some eyes, but I don't think it is. And, you know, I was thinking about writing about this for my site. Where, where are the Top Gun Maverick clones? You know, Hollywood is really good when something is successful. They'll dash off a half dozen, you know, films just like it. You know, when, when uh, Halloween came out in the late 70s, we saw a bunch of slasher films that were not as good, but it had a similar theme. And Hollywood loves to counterfeit or ca a copycat these success stories. And I don't even know if they've learned the lesson of Top Gun. So, well, it's, 
I, I, I just I just don't think they're opening their minds to to other possibilities. I just I don't see it. Oh, how many movies like this one? I think you have. I don't know if, you, if it was your uh, piece that you wrote, but the the headline on your piece says "Sound of Freedom Eyes Stunning Twenty Million Dollar Debut." Um, is that a story that you wrote? I'm just looking at the headline here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, how many of these will it take before people like uh, the people running Disney and the other major studios? get the clue because they're losing tons of money on the big movies that they're promoting that are going down the toilet. Well, I think one thing that Hollywood should do is go back to these mid-level movies, the movies that don't cost $200 million to produce. And if they fail, they fail and it hurts, but you're not going to lose so much. But when they succeed, it can be very powerful and also very lucrative. You know, I think horror movies have done that. They have low budgets, not as many big, big stars. So when they succeed, they have a lot of return on investment. But, you know, even the new Mission Impossible, which is coming out in a, in a week or so, uh, Dead Reckoning Part 1, that one cost nearly $300 million. So that one's going to have to make a boatload of money just to break even. And so it seems like a sure thing. It's a Tom Cruise movie. It's action. It's a great franchise. Hollywood should be, you know, biting its nails, ho- hoping they to make enough money. So it's a, it's a weird dynamic right now. And with the Harrison Ford movie, you know, it made $60 million opening weekend, which is great for almost any movie, but not one that costs, again, $300 million. So Hollywood has to really figure out what's going on behind the scenes. They're just making a lot of mistakes. I got about a minute left. Um, I'm seeing on your website that Eddie Murphy has big shoes to fill in the Pink Panther franchise. <laughs> now, um, uh, I'm not sure that I, Eddie's an amazing talent and all that stuff. I'm not seeing him as the Pink Panther. And, that, and somebody thinks that's going to work? You know, on the surface, neither am I. I think one of the things that drives me crazy is that Hollywood doesn't even know what to do with genuine comic geniuses. And I throw him in that category. He's brilliant. I, I think Martin Short's the same way. He has some popular movies in the 80s and 90s, but he's so good and so talented. Why can't you create these great vehicles for them? But, you know... Hollywood is all about rebooting properties and, and, and going back to the past and saying, what could we do new this time? On the surface, I, I don't see the Eddie Murphy Pink Panther connection, but, you know, he is brilliant. Maybe they can make it work. But again, why not give him something else to do, something exciting, something fresh, something different? You know, brainstorm with Eddie Murphy for an hour. I bet you'd have 20 different ideas that are more potentially intriguing than the Pink Panther movie. But we'll see. Yeah, well, Inspector Clouseau and the accent, I think Eddie might have a little trouble with that. But <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll yeah. Hey, thanks, uh, Christian, as always. Thank you. My pleasure. That's Christian Toto of HollywoodandToto.com. Check out his website. Attention Medicaid patients. If you're on Medicaid, how would you like if your caretaker was your daughter, your son, your grandchild, or your close friend? If you're on Medicaid, Freedom Care allows you to choose who provides your care, and that caregiver will get paid instantly after their shift. Yes, your caregiver will get paid instantly, and it's 100% free to you if you are on Medicaid. Call 412-455-8465 and ask Freedom Care how to get started with care today. No more worrying about getting care from an aide at an agency. Freedom Care helps you choose who you want to take care of you, and that person gets paid. Call Freedom Care at 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465 to get started today. You get a caregiver you know and trust, and they get paid instantly after their shift, and it's free to you. Start now by calling 412-455-8465. That's 412-455-8465. Or go to freedomcare.com. Wesley is a truck driver. I drive a truck and I love what I do. A truck driver with IRS troubles. They told me I owed them $43,000. It got really bad. <laughs> Quite a few letters in the mail. They were talking uh, about wage gardening, coming after my house, my car. Yeah, they, they don't play around. I seriously thought that I was going to lose everything. One sleepless night, Wesley finally made a call to Optima Tax Relief at 2 a.m. Kind of figured I'd get a machine, but I didn't. I actually got to talk to an actual person in the middle of the night. <laughs> he found just what he was looking for. Oh, they were great people. You need a team of people that know what they're doing. Optima Tax. They know what they're doing. Optima Tax Relief came through with flying colors. I saved an incredible amount of money. Happy don't even come close. I was absolutely overjoyed. Take Wesley's advice. If you're in any kind of trouble with the IRS, call Optima Tax Relief. Don't trust anybody else. Call Optima for a free consultation. Call 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. 800-354-2840. Optima Tax Relief. 
Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. This is an important notice to consumers facing $10,000 or more in credit card debt, medical bills, or other unsecured debt. You may not be required to pay it all back because there are special programs now in effect that will significantly reduce the amount you will owe if you qualify. This is not bankruptcy or a debt consolidation loan. These programs, which the credit card companies like to keep secret, exist to aid American consumers struggling with overwhelming credit card debt by offering tremendous savings and real debt relief. Accredited Debt Relief has established a special hotline for you to call and learn what savings you qualify for. They've helped qualify consumers with over a billion dollars in debt and are A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. So don't wait. Get the relief you need during these hard economic times. For this free information, call the Accredited Debt Relief Hotline now. Call 800-950-0099. 800-950-0099. That's 800-950-0099. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, I'm looking at the headline here of a story um, from, <laughs> from California. This is on Fox News. This is the, I'll just read you the headline. California Reparations Task Force calls to ban police from enforcing public urination laws. Is that a headline? Mean, does that headline sum up just about everything that's going on, on in the United States of America right now? Do I even have to read you the, the details of this story for you to figure out who these people are in California that are out there trying to pass laws and trying to um, just push their ideology on everybody, but they want to ban the arrest and prosecution of people who violate laws against public urination and other, quote, public disorder off- offenses. offenses. That's uh, a report that came out last week. So if you want to go to California, they're already pooping in the streets. You can pee in the streets now, I guess. And the cop will come by and just wave and you can say hello and just keep going about your business. What a country. What a state. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.